Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we're speaking with Bob Purcell. He is the founder of the Breath Alchemy Technique and is a teacher of 36 years. His books are regarded as underground spiritual classics. In addition to Catching the Ascension Wave, which is what we're going to talk about today, he is the author of Nothing in This Book is True, but it's exactly how things are. He also has a number of other books that we can refer to at the end, but these are the two most important books that we'll be talking about. And we're going to start with, well, first, I'm welcome to the show. You know, I'm always so <laughs> well, busy to get into it. I forget to welcome my guest. <laughs> welcome to the show, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad to be here, Barb. Thanks for asking. We've, we're having we're it's having great. a good time, and let's let's <laughs> let the party continue. We're gonna talk about catch, right. we're gonna talk about ascension. One of my favorite topics. Oh, good, yeah. good. It, it, but, you, as I said before, I, I had a little panic attack reading it. <laughs> but, you know, again, I didn't get to the let, how to fix it part. But let's start uh, with the Great Awakening. Yeah, the, um, the Great Awakening. The galactic, yeah, the, what do you call it? The galactic super wave. The galactic I feel like everybody's wave. feeling this, yeah. That's what they call it in the super space in the in the secret space program, and uh, and by the way, there is a secret space program. There's the two tiered technology system. There's what we know and what we do not know, and we're not supposed to know about a secret space program. Yet, plenty of whistleblowers have come forth, and they've given details on this galactic super wave that is just uh, entering. You know, it's just coming through the galaxy and is very much in our solar system right now. Uh, I, I mean, it's, we've, we've been told about this uh, from, from ETs and, and really biblical sources and other references uh, is since the 1950s, that there would be this, this super wave of energy coming into our solar system and directly affecting us, directly affecting us in such a way that it's increasing the vibratory rate dramatically of everything and everyone on the planet and no stone left unturned every single person on this planet is being affected by it and so it's just a question of learning if you will how to catch the wave so that we can learn to move with it and come out of resistance and come out of fear and uh you know, uh, experience the good times that go with uh, alignment. <laughs> yeah. And this is a vibrational wave. Yeah, it sure is. Yep. Uh, vibratory wave, vibratory Vib rate, you called it, that, that is increasing. That's right. And bringing you know, us to the, um, from one density to another. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, Nik Nikola Tesla, probably the most brilliant scientist we've ever had, said way back in the day, if you want to understand the universe, think of it in terms of frequency, energy, and vibration. So everything everything within waveform universe is vibration. And, and vibration is tremendously important because on an individual level, Barb, if you and I go into fear, 
if we go into fear, if we go into frustration, if we go into, you know, uh, revenge and getting even and all that stuff, well, we're vibrating at a very dense rate. Uh, and that's not conducive to ascension when we're, when we're, you know, when we're just barely, you know, hanging on. On the other hand, uh, as we raise our vibratory rate as a function of just, you know, discovering within us that we have an unlimited reservoir through our intimate connection to source, our higher self. We have an unlimited reservoir of inner peace, of joyfulness, of creativity, of inspiration, uh, you know, of all the good things in life. And that, uh, uh, that just automatically propels us from service to self towards service to others. And now we are catching the wave, catching the wave that will enable us to move into the higher worlds and to... I feel like much... we're all... I'm sorry. I feel like no. we're all feeling this, this vibratory or this, you know, the great galactical super wave. I feel like we're all feeling high anxiety and something's happening and we really don't know what it is. But that in turn puts us into anxiety and fear. So it's actually doing the reverse of what we need to be doing, right? Uh, not, not, it's just all a function of how you look at it. Because what it's doing, Barb, is creating a displacement process. And so we have been... Uh, you know, we've been we've been stuck here in the third dimension or third density. I use those two terms inter interchangeably for a long, long time. Uh, I can go back and, and just fill in the blanks there a little bit. But what I'm getting at is that we've been stuck here for a long, long time. And the reason we have is because uh, we've 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 been living a false identity. We've been living as though our fears and, and, and anxieties and stuff like that is, is actually real. And like I said earlier, that keeps us vibrating at a very, very dense rate. Well, the displacement process is such that in order to create healing, uh, you, 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 you have to learn how to align with it. And if you can, the analogy I would give to that is that if you have a, if you have a glass that's half filled with water, and it's just been sitting there for a long time. And uh, there's also a layer of mud that's about an inch thick on the bottom. So the water's been sitting there for a long time. You can see the mud, it's, you can see the water and they're not interacting with each other. But if the moment you start to pour in a continual stream of pure fresh water into that glass, first thing that's gonna happen is the mud's gonna get stirred up. Well, if you continue with the stream of pure fresh water, the mud is ultimately going to get flushed, flushed out. What you're going to be left with is a glass of pure fresh water. So that's what's happening here on the planet. But it's not an automatic thing. It's a question of our ability to align with it and to wake up enough so that we get out of resistance and come out of fear and just allow the displacement process to continue. And that, in so many ways, is what I'm talking about in the book here. You know, I'm talking about what it's doing on a collective level. Uh, and I'm also talking very much in the second half of the book about what it's doing on the individual level and how to align with it so that we can create the integration, the, the waves of integration and, uh, and live our birthright. I mean, who, who we are is not fear and frustration and anger and I'll get even with you if it's the last thing I do. That's the false identity. Who we really are is infinite consciousness having a human experience. We're a, we're, we're a hologram of the whole. The entire universe in, in miniature is contained within us. And so 
And so that's our true nature. But when you're stuck in fear and stuck in the illusion and stuck in your reactive mind, you miss all of that because it's only available to you in the present moment. And only in the present moment uh, do you have that connection uh, through your heartfelt higher self to all that is, to the source of all that is. When you have that connection in the present moment, you now have that unlimited reservoir of joyfulness and inner peace and all the goodies in, in life coming right through you. And so life becomes an exciting adventure. We make a shift from living in a black and white world to living in a world when in surround sound stereo and in living color and life becomes exciting. So that's that's uh, and I have that's, to go back to our base self for a minute here. <laughs> I know, you know, in the spiritual, there is no fear once, you know, once you are in the spiritual part, there is no fear. The fear, my belief, is in the body. It's wired. And it's wired to survive for the body to survive. And um, and I think the human race has basically lived in fear because they're living inside of a body. Yeah, so well, when the uh, vibration is changing, the body is reacting to not knowing what's going on, not knowing if it's safe, and therefore in fear. <laughs> the fear comes up. And it seems like we're living... Our society now is very fearful. Oh yeah, very yeah. Fearful. <clears throat> well, it's it's the it's the great awakening that's happening, and so the question and the opportunity is to catch the wave. The way I would characterize it, Bob Barb, is that for a long, long time now, uh, as as human beings here on third density planet Earth, we have been living out of our out of our reactive mind, and and as a result, living life conceptually. Uh, the best definition I've ever heard of the mind uh, uh, came from a training I took way back in the day, and I'll give it to you. And, and what they said is that the mind is a linear arrangement of multisensory recordings of successive moments of now. And so what it's doing is on a very sophisticated multisensory uh, level, it's recording uh, incidences that uh, that at the moment, uh, either seemed fearful to us or actually were fe fearful to us. Perhaps there actually was a threat to our survival. And so, uh, and so uh, that gets recorded in the mind. And then in present time situation, whenever something comes up in, to even remotely remind you of that fearful situation, you and I get triggered and there we go again. And so that's living life conceptually through the reactive mind. Furthermore, seeing the present through the eyes of the past, seeing the present through the unresolved emotional trauma that you and I picked up and everyone picked up as a result of, you know, uh, being born and living through childhood and, uh, you know, goodies like that. Uh, but the opportunity right now is to begin to wake up enough to recognize that we are not our mind. It's our false self, the ego. It's not who you are. It's not who we are. Who we really are, as I suggested earlier, is infinite consciousness having a human experience, a hologram of the whole. And so that's only available to us in the present moment. But the mind, when we're living out of our reactive mind, is capable of completely blocking that because it doesn't, it doesn't see the present moment. It lives through the eyes of the past. And, uh, and so it's quite a dilemma that we've created for ourselves. But here again, the opportunity is to, is to learn to 
to transcend the mind. And I want to come back to that in just a moment, because my idea of transcending the mind isn't is is perhaps a little different from what some people might might feel, so that we can discover wholeness and completeness, not the separation that our mind only knows. And that puts us into the present moment. That gives us access to our unlimited reservoir of joyfulness and inner peace that is coming from our from our connection to source. So the question, Barb, then is, well, how do you get there? How do you, how do you learn to transcend the mind? And what I teach through my breath alchemy program is that if you can allow uh, yourself to be to learn to transmute energy totally on a feeling level, it's extremely effective and it's extremely efficient, far more effective and efficient than trying to learn how to do it with your mind, which is kind of analogous to letting the fox guard the chicken coop, you know, and then wondering mm -hmm. why all these hens are missing. Uh, it's the same mind that is doing everything it can to take you over and to keep you trapped because it's pure survival. But if we can learn to do this on a feeling level uh, and to allow the, the feelings that we've been blocking through resistance and just flat out making them wrong, if we can allow ourselves to have a thorough and complete experience of them, and that's only possible when you and I learn to change our relationship to what we're feeling. We've got to stop making that stuff wrong and find a way to expand to include it so we can let the sensations be exactly the way they are. And when that happens, something very, very good happens. The energy transmutes from life detracting energy into life enhancing energy. And you and I, as a result of that, discover the present moment the doorway to the higher self to our connection to source has been has been opened so that's 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 really the nature of this transformation of the opportunity that we have to catch the wave to catch the wave of ascension so we can so we can transcend that which has been stopping us and blocking us and move into and live from our truer self um as much as i want to you know, say, oh, you know, we can go there. I don't know anybody who lives there. I know people who can go there on occasion. I know, you know, people that, and I myself can do it, you know, during a meditation, whatever, I can go there. But, you know, if, um, if I'm walking outside and a car almost hits me, I revert to human real quick. <laughs> and yeah. I drop well, right back into my human body, which reacts, which um, becomes very fearful that it almost was annihilated and then becomes very angry that somebody almost hit me. <laughs> you know, I become a human very, very quickly. Sure, and understood. I, you know, I think we're more human than we are spiritual in this density because we took a human body. Well, yes, that and 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 with that and and with that said, our true nature is still one with the infinite Creator, and mm -hmm. that's and 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 that's just so. No matter what dimensional level you are on, yeah, I hear you when you're talking when you're talking about coming back into your mind. I'm not saying take your mind and throw it out the window. 
What I am saying is that it's very useful if it's restored back to its proper role. Never ever was it intended to be the master of our consciousness, always and only a faithful servant to our true consciousness, which is our connection to infinite consciousness. So if a car is coming right at you and almost hits you, uh, the mind can become very, very useful in the moment because it uh, reminds you it might be a good idea to get the heck out of the way. Okay. okay, so then you said, well, the anger comes up. And so what I'm suggesting is, is that there is a way, there is a technique to not only not be consumed by the anger as it comes up, but to learn how to transmute it on a feeling level into life-enhancing energy so that you move through what otherwise could have and probably would have been an upset that, well, uh, uh, Take, my, take myself. I've been there and done that. I've walked many, many miles uh, completely asleep and unconscious and totally, totally living life out of my reactive mind. So mm -hmm. I know what that's like. And I also know what it's like to be stuck in an upset that for me, it used to go on sometimes for days, weeks, months, years, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, and like that. But what if you discovered within you your innate ability to transform these fears and limiting aspects of, you know, your limiting belief systems and uh, limiting emotions that are keeping you stuck and holding you back. What if you discovered and then mastered your innate ability to learn how to transform that energy, to transmute that energy into life enhancing energy so you can be present, so you can be truly present in life and so you can get on with it. So we do have within us the experience and the ability to, to live the direct experience of joyfulness. Are you going to be there 100% of the time? No, no. We're in third density. But you can have the tool and the technique to learn how to integrate these emotions into life-enhancing emotions and feelings so that you can be present. And two things tend to happen as a result of that. Number one, you learn that because you have this innate ability, you're not nearly as reactive as you used to be. And when you do get plugged in, when you do get triggered, you now know that you have the ability within you to transmute that energy into life-enhancing energy and to take what otherwise probably would have been a certain upset, long-lasting one perhaps, and to transmute that into a, into a joyful experience that uh, is actually contributing to your sense of well-being. So that's you now we're all working toward that. All of us in the metaphysical world are working toward that. I can't say a whole lot of us have gotten there. <laughs> I mean, I want to say it, but you know, it's it's hard to say that uh, we've all achieved that state. I mean, that's well, I'm not high suggesting state. that that I'm yeah. saying that we've all achieved all that state. I'm not suggesting that at all. What I am saying is that there's a great awakening on the horizon here because of this enormous infusion of higher dimensional energy, this galactic super wave that's coming in, and it's giving everybody the opportunity to wake up. Now, will so everybody take advantage that. of this opportunity? Uh, the answer is probably not. But those who do, those who do, those who are able to to catch the ride and to align with this emerging presence, uh, as I suggested, are going to discover their inner ability to be truly present in life. And it's only when you're truly present in life that life really shows up. And there, there is a huge movement to uh, go toward the light, to go toward that, you know, um, 
I mean, the metaphysical, the people who are more interested in metaphysical. Somebody told me it is the uh, fastest growing religion in the world. Now, I cringed a little bit when I heard it called a religion, but I understood what they were saying, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that it's a movement and it's a fastest growing movement in the world. Which is no, fabulous, I, agree. I, I would agree which with is that. And, yeah. and, and, and my response to that is that's a function of the galactic super wave that's coming in and dramatically raising the vibratory rate of the planet. And those who are advanced enough, those who have been around the block with spiritual work at least a little bit, are far more equipped and far more, far more ready to catch this wave than people who have been stuck in fear and stuck in resentment and, and, and the like. But uh, what's going to uh, happen every... to the people who are stuck in the fear? Okay, you know? well, yeah. Uh, let me let me let's go back about two point six billion years and see if we can uh, <laughs> dig a little deeper. I'll go. <laughs> I'll take yeah. the ride. <laughs> yeah, two point six billion years ago, our neighbor Venus they went through their ascension. Now, at the time, that means that Venus. Uh, a, a, uh, translated from a third dimensional uh, planet to one of the fourth dimension. And at the time, there were about 38 million people living on third density aspect of Venus, and about 6 million of them made it through. So uh, 6 million people from Venus are now in fourth density, but 32 million did not make it. So what happens to them? Well, the answer is, and this is this is well documented. I found it uh, in 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 some, some very interesting places. That what happens is, is that they are actually taken to another third dimensional planet, where they're given uh, whatever, uh, however many multiple lifetimes they need to work through their karma, so that they can raise their vibratory rate enough so that they can catch the wave and make it through the next opportunity that comes around for ascension. And uh, oh, good, <laughs> and uh, yeah, right, <laughs> there's hope, <laughs> there is, there is, and so, and so, then the question becomes, well, what's going on here on planet Earth? Now, what's mm -hmm. very interesting is that uh, this all takes place in, in cycles that last 25,920 years. Sometimes it's been called the precession of the equinoxes. Sometimes it's been called the great year. Whatever you want to call it is directly tied to the consciousness of the planet. And so at the end of one of these 25,000-year cycles, uh, uh, let's take planet Earth, for example. Uh, we're on the third, the very end of the third 25,920 year cycle here. At the end of the first one, nobody ascended. I mean, nobody, not one person. At the end of the second cycle, 25,920 years later, 157 people ascended. And they stayed with sad. the earth. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it does say something about us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yep. uh, and they stayed with the earth and became ascended masters. So now we're at the end of the third cycle. The question is, what's going to happen? Well, I find from a, from a extremely uh, relevant document called the Law of One that what normally happens at the end of the first 25,000-year cycle, about 40% of the, of the planet's population ascends. Uh, versus zero on our planet. And, and they go on to say at the end of the second cycle that almost everyone else who didn't make it through the first time makes it through the second time. 
you know, they had to go through a few thousand more lifetimes to alleviate the karma that they had that they had built up to get ascension ready. Well, in our planet, only 157 made it. And uh, then they say that on the, the end of the third cycle, where we're at right now, that uh, anybody who didn't make it the first two cycles, uh, they're going to go one way or the other. They're either going to be ascension ready and move into the fourth density, or if they aren't, they're going to be transported to another third dimensional planet where they can have as many lifetimes as they need to work through their karma. So that's, uh, that's what the law of one says. And it's, it's, so this it's validated. is a remedial planet this is <laughs> yeah it is this is it like is. the slow group <laughs> so it kind of begs the question then why are we so retarded what's been going on here why what's been holding we? us back well that's a good yeah. question i'm glad you asked <laughs> maybe we should talk about it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, so we so we go back to and, and by the way, uh, another great source on this on this uh, 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 being people being transported to another third dimensional planet who are not ascension ready. It comes from a book called Cosmic Voyage, which is about remote viewing. Now, I didn't, I've had this book ever since it came out in 1996, but originally I didn't trust it very much because I didn't really trust remote viewing because there was this guy on Coast to Coast AM named Major Ed Dames who was, who was uh, nicknamed Dr. Gloom. Dr. Doom, <laughs> because he was talking about he was talking about uh, uh, what we now know as a solar flash, where the sun comes mm -hmm. and burns everything and everybody up, and ain't nobody going to survive that. So, right. uh, so as a result, I didn't I didn't trust remote viewing, but upon further review, I did discover that good remote viewers are 100% accurate that is with on-planet stuff, and with off-planet viewing, they are 99% accurate. So this guy yeah. who wrote the book, uh, Dr. Court Courtney Brown, he was the remote viewer who incidentally was trained by Dr. Doom himself, Major Ed Dames. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting. But uh, yeah. what what uh, what uh, 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 Courtney Brown uh, revealed in his remote viewings was just absolutely amazing. And, and to cut to the quick on it, what he was talking about, one of the most interesting aspects was how a race of beings that we know as the greys apparently have the job of transporting uh, people to another third density planet who are not ascension ready. So he remote viewed exactly that going on on a planet in the Pleiades. Uh, and Dr. Courtney Brown is sitting there looking. I mean, these people look a whole lot like Earthlings. They look like whole like 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 they're from America. Uh, it turns out they were. <laughs> and uh, and uh, the dumb and so group. <laughs> getting yeah, getting adjusted to their new home. Uh, mm -hmm. Their DNA was altered to make them more. Uh, uh, you might say, a, a compatible to the slightly changed in conditions on another third dimensional planet. Uh, and maybe they were given a bit of a wake-up call also so that they can accelerate their evolution a little bit. But, uh, but uh, you put those two sources together, and I, uh, I have pretty good reason to believe that that's, that's, that's what happens to those who are not ascension ready. So well, why, why are we... Why are we not yeah, ascension ready? Why are we not? That's yeah, yeah. That's where we want to take a look at. Well, because you look at you look at uh, uh, people not ascension ready being transported to another third dimensional level. Uh, a whole lot of that has happened here in our past, 
we used to have an extra planet in our solar system called Maldek. Uh, also, re, uh, people also call it Tiamat. And its moon, a, a giant, huge planet revolving between the orbits of now Mars and, and Jupiter. And at the time, Mars was not a planet. It was one of the moons of Maldek. But what happened is that the ancient builder race, uh, these are the people from Venus who ascended 2.6 billion years ago. They started traveling throughout not only our solar system, but all the solar systems in the local star cluster of 52 stars in our, in our local cluster. And they started building all these towers and, and pyramids and obelisks made out of uh, something that looks very much like glass, but it's actually transparent aluminum and is five times stronger than even the best of bulletproof glass. So it lasts a long, long time. Uh, we have those on our moon, our moon today, the ruins, the remains of them. Uh, also, the ancient builder race was was very benevolent. They were they were higher dimensional beings by now. And so their their job was to keep the peace throughout the 52 star cluster. And what they did was a very ingenious thing. They learned to hollow out moons and use them in such a way that would act as a shield for any intruders, any wannabe uh, uh, invaders who wanted to come in and, and take over. Uh, first, they were told politely, no, you can't do that. If they didn't get the message, the, they were given a bit of a harsher warning. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've all seen the movie Star Wars. And remember in the first episode, the Death Star. Well, George Lucas, hello, George, he was given inside information. This was not a, a galaxy long, long ago and a planet far, far away and all that stuff. It was in our solar system and it was on Maldek. Because what happened is that, uh, is that the peace was kept throughout the solar system and throughout the 52 star cluster for, for 2 billion years. Until we got about 500,000 years ago, Maldek was overtaken by negativity. And they seized uh, one of these hollowed out planets and started using it for, they were very naughty at this point. They started using it to conquer, you're not to conquer other worlds, you're not supposed to do that. But they did it anyway. And uh, the problem is, is they weren't quite as smart as they thought they were. They got the timing wrong and they ended up destroying completely their own planet. So that planet Maldek is now the asteroid belt <laughs> between the orbits of Mars and Jupiter, the entire wow. planet being destroyed. But uh, it was a huge and giant planet. So what happened to the beings that survived? They were taken to planet Earth. And so Mars, I mean, the plot thickens, Mars then left the orbit, <laughs> orbit and it was severely damaged too. And it became the planet that we see right now, having its atmosphere stripped away and all that. And they had a population that also couldn't stay on Mars. And they weren't very nice people either. Where do you suppose they were taken? To third dimensional planet Earth. And so we had this whole collection of backstabbing misfits coming in and, you know, yeah. really, yeah, really messing with our evolutionary pattern and keeping us stuck for eons, for three 25,000 year cycles, which is not the norm, which is not the norm at all. And so- Can anybody that, help us? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to the story. I go into all the details of it in the book, but, you know, we got to kind of condense things in a in a, right, in a, right. a one-hour interview here, so I'm cutting to the quick. Yeah, I go into all the details on this and how 
there are no accidents, Barb. Everything, everything is going to turn out right. You know, no matter how good it might seem, no matter how bad it might seem, there is only one consciousness. There's only one spirit moving through all of the reality. And it's all serving in unity as a timing agent. Now, the reason we don't see it is because we've been stuck in our reactive mind, living life conceptually. But as we wake up and realize that's not who we are and learn how to discover our innate ability to transmute that stuck energy so we can discover true presence, then we begin to realize that there are no accidents. Everything is is turning out as it should. The law of one says it perfectly. They say that the the, the universe, and specifically this planet, is supposed to look like a train wreck, like the train is coming off the tracks. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to be. Because here, like I said, there are no accidents. And what it actually does is it allows for movement and it allows for growth. And yet, when, when we've gotten to the certain point, when we've learned our lesson, then we don't need the chaos and the confusion anymore. We can let go of it and step into our true nature. So there's a reason, there's a purpose for everything. Is that uh, where we are now? uh, That's where we are. We are in the end times, Barb. You better get your act together if you want to make it through. (laughs) Or if I want to go to a worse planet than Earth? (laughs) No, no, no. no. Fourth density. Fourth density. What is fourth density? Well, just just imagine your very best moments here on third dimensional Earth. What would your life be like if in every moment it was 100 times at least more harmonious in every possible way than even your best, very best moments right here, right now? At least 100 times more harmonious in terms of inner peace and joyfulness and creativity and inspiration and unconditional love and uh, compassion and all that. Do you suppose that would be a little better just to have a, just to have a hundredfold so increase? Nice. Yeah. 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 So nice. The, the Bible calls it heaven. That's actually fourth density, fourth dimension. So that's the opportunity that awaits us. And so you know, people but, talk about going from the third to the fifth. And I've asked him, what happened to the fourth? You're the first one really talking about the fourth. Well, I talked about it in my other book, too, where I went into more detail and called it the higher dimensions, the higher overtones of the fourth dimension. But I'm calling it fourth fourth density or fourth dimension because that's exactly what the law of one calls it. And I do mm-hmm. feel that the law of one is, 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 if it's not the very best spirit source of spirituality and, and cosmic truth that we have, uh, I'd, I'd like to see a better one. I haven't I haven't seen anything that can begin to to compare to 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 what's in that. So it's uh, uh, so did we know this was coming? I mean, are we just all blinded by, oh, my God, we're we're going into a, a higher vibration. We can I think we can all feel it. But how long yeah, well, has this been going on? I mean, did, did it happen one day or no, at know, least it been at gradual? Least at least since the 1950s. And I have a chapter in the book that documents this, that, uh, that, just, that just goes into detail telling the message that were coming through us way back in the 1950s. Uh, there was a man by the name of a Canadian scientist by the name of W.B. Smith, who was actually hired by the Canadian government to explore the ET and UFO phenomenon. And he quickly realized, even though he had pieces of the wreckage from Roswell, and you know that you need more than that. You need more than photos and, and, and eyewitnesses and stuff like that. He wanted the real thing. And so he decided that... Uh, 
that uh, he's decided that would be a good idea to look for ET contacts. And what better place to look than Joshua Tree, California, where every year they would have a UFO conference that typically drew about 5,000 people. Well, uh, mm -hmm. obviously, a lot of like-minded people showed up there, and that included a lot of ET contacts. So W.B. Smith went there, and he just just to after talking with some of these people just to check out to see if if this was really real he devised a questionnaire that contained 100 parts that if you were a contact you would enter it in one way if you were a phony pretending you were but you weren't you would flunk totally and completely so it was very very revealing and so uh there were so many people that answered it in this one and only way that made it quite clear that they actually were contacts and were actually were the real deal and actually did have the, the direct experience of what this was all about. And then he met an author by the name of George Hunt Williamson, who was definitely an ET contact, uh, wrote a number of books back in the day. His best known one is called Road in the Sky. And Road in the Sky contains some amazing information that comes directly from these contacts, telling us exactly what I'm telling you right here about this galactic super wave that's coming through and how the opportunity is for each and every one of us to wake up so we can catch the wave, so we can catch the ride. And if we don't, it's going to be a real bumpy ride in, in indeed because our fears and limitations are only get, going to get magnified until we learn to stop fighting and stop resisting and learn to align with them so we can discover our innate ability to transmute that energy into life enhancing energy and that's what the game here here is all about really really the only game in town so uh and 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 there was and, and, some and that's, prophecy too of this wasn't there Oh, it's in all the prophecies, absolutely. And, there, and there's just some more uh, just fascinating information in that chapter. Uh, the, the, where, where the law of one comes from, it's, it's all, it all came through a group called the L&L Research in Louis, stationed in Louisville, Kentucky. And, uh, and so in, in their library, they have a couple of really fascinating documents I mean, really, really exciting to read. One is called simply the Brown Notebook, where it's a it's an ET contact who's getting these transmission these transmissions, and uh, that's exactly what this is talking about. It's talking about the incredible infusion of of galactic energy that's coming in, how it's going to impact everybody, and it's also talking about the the likely. Uh, 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 earth changes that that the that will take place because they are just an outer reflection of our inner turmoil our unresolved emotional trauma that stems from childhood which we're now being given an unprecedented opportunity to resolve and that's the function of transmuting the energy from on a feeling level so that we can so that we can catch the ride and, and discover presence and what life is really all about well this is all documented way back in the brown notebook coming out in the 1950s and there's other documents mm -hmm. too that uh that uh, you talk about uh, the hopi prophecy and in the bible and you know that they all all the religions kind of say the same thing they sure do they sure yeah. do so and the uh, there's no prophecy was from the Mayans, I think. Well, 
let's just talk about the nature of ascension itself and ask a very simple and important question. The question I would ask, is it real? My response is, in a word, yeah, it's real. Uh, because there are references to ascension from at least 35 different civilizations, and they've all been around the block many, many times. And so the prophecies of Jesus in the Bible are consistent then with 34 other prophecies that you find uh, in all different walks of life. They appear in the Quran, they appear in the Old Testament, they appear in Native American tra uh, spiritual traditions, uh, certainly including the Hopis, they appear in Druid tradition and Hindu tradition, they're all around, and they're all talking about the same thing. Now, they all have been smoking funny stuff, or are they on to something? I suggest it's right. the latter. Well, not only that, they all have to get together to smoke that stuff <laughs> to come yeah. up with the same idea. Yeah. And that um, wouldn't take back, you there anyway. Right. Back to the um, Canadian and the, you know, ETs and the UFOs and all of that. What did our government know? Because they were our government was wide open and then became very shut down. Oh, you're asking a fantastic question. I can hardly wait to respond. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just, I introduced the idea of the secret space program at the beginning of our talk here. And so now is an opportunity to dig just a bit deeper into it. Uh, way back during World War II, the Germans or the Nazis, they were contacted by a race of ET beings, a dark, dark, very dark race known as the Draco Reptilians. And they they just literally gave the Germans the, the technology of how to build anti-gravity aircraft and how to get in the darn things and fly around. So there was all this, all this, all these rumors back during World War II. They were called Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters. And so what, what that was was the term that the American pilots gave to these strange unidentified objects that they had never seen before. Well, the German pilots, on the other hand, thought they were ours. We thought they were theirs. What in fact they were was a function of the German, then German secret space program that was housed basically and mainly down underneath the ice in Antarctica where it's a, it's, a, it's a habitable world down there. And that's where the Draco reptilians are living also. So, so the Draco reptilians gave them this technology, but they don't just give anything away. What they in turn wanted was a little bit of help when they went out to conquer other worlds. And of course, the Nazis, I'm sure, readily agreed. Well, there was a man by the name of William Topkins, who at the age of 93, in the year 2015, wrote a book called Selected by Extraterrestrials. And in that book, he covers all the details going way back to his role when he was just a very young man in, in World War II. He was just 20 years old at the most at the time. But he was in charge of 23 uh, American spies who had successfully infiltr infiltrated the German and secret space program, and it was his job to bring all this information together so that we could begin to gather the intel. So I want to leave that right, right there. And, uh, and, and well, before I move on, I just want to suggest that, yes, it's true, the Germans lost the war. That's that what is I was to just be, thinking about, yeah. Uh, just a minute, Barb, to be specifically, <laughs> they lost the war on the ground. They, however, won the space war that we didn't even know about. That was all, all happening behind the scenes. And so 
with that being said, um, I want to fast forward to 1952. In 1950, in the 1950s, there were just UFO sightings all over the place. Uh, Perhaps one, of, if not the best known one, was in 1952 when a whole fleet of UFOs uh, started flying around the U.S. Capitol. I mean, everybody, I mean, that, you know, nobody missed that one. And right, I, I remember I, reading about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. From and me too from many, many different sources. But it wasn't until very recently that I was able to put the pieces together. Thanks to a guy named Wilva, David Wilcock, a, and I took a course that he gave online uh, during the height of the lockdown in April and May of 2020. It was about ascension, and it was fantastic. So he was able to unpack the thing to enough to 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 just get what happened and what he says happened is that it was actually the nazis that were signaling us that basically what they wanted was to form a treaty with us and uh so that they could merge and and begin to take control of our government well it took three years before we the americans decided to capitulate and go along with it but in 1955 we did sign a treaty with the nazis and uh and the secret space program became ours see we had the wreckage from roswell from the crash in 1947 but we didn't mm -hmm. know how to use it we couldn't put the pieces together we couldn't figure it out the nazis said we will help you but of Why course nothing any is free ets help us why didn't uh, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, but they tried, <laughs> and and we said, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's that's more than we can get into right now. But a slightly separate story there is in 1954, uh, there was a group of, of, of aliens that we know as Greys who landed at one of the Air Force bases in California, um, uh, Edwards Air Force Base. I'm not. Don't hold me to that. Uh, President Eisenhower. Uh, the, the media was given the excuse that uh, he was rushed to see the dentist because of a terrible toothache. In fact, he met with the aliens in this Air Force base and they signed a treaty. But that aside, uh, uh, we were also contacted by, and, and these greys were not really nice guys. So we signed with some, you know, fairly dark, dark forces. There was a benevolent uh, uh, race, uh, race of people that contacted us earlier that said, look, uh, we will help you. But the condition is because you're not spiritually advanced enough to deal with splitting the atom and nuclear weapons, you're going to have to give that stuff up. We said no. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we gave up, you know. The, they would have given us the ability to totally clean up the pollution on our planet and who knows what, to, to just completely transform the planet and dramatically accelerate our spiritual growth. But we said no, because they were right. We were not spiritually involved to even be able to hear the message. So we figured, well, was that we before need... or after Hiroshima that they wanted uh, us that to was get after, the nuclear? That was before the treaty was signed in 1954. They came to warn mm -hmm. us. Uh, watch out for those right. guys. They're not trustworthy. But now I'm back to we the, went with them, huh? <laughs> yeah, we went with them anyway. So that <laughs> tells you something about us. <laughs> exactly. The dumb planet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, re retarded and uh, stuck back in the <laughs> you know, right. staying after staying after class for twenty five thousand nine hundred and twenty years. <laughs> in the remedial group. 
to work but things now, out. Why, why so secretive? I mean, it would have advanced the population if we had known what we needed to be doing. Because we've been taken over by the dark forces and have been mm. at the rule of the dark forces for a long, long time. All of that is coming to a head right now. And uh, that's what I mean when I say both the collective darkness and the individual darkness is coming to the surface to be transmuted into the light. Uh, the dark forces, or the cabal, as I like to call them, have been ruling behind the scenes for a long, 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 long time. And they've been doing it, as I say, in darkness behind the scenes. But now they're being forced out of the shadows and into the light. Darkness cannot survive in the presence of the light. Very analogous to if you go into a completely darkened room, you can't see a thing. But the moment you flip on the light switch, bingo the darkness disappears. The darkness gets transmuted into the light. That's the displacement process. And so their hand is being forced and they're, they're, they are in their end days. And yeah, they're not going quietly and uh, because they're not very nice guys. But that's- And you're sure that the light will, will survive Yes, I'm sure. I am sure, Barb. I promise you, I guarantee it. <laughs> I want to know. The light yeah. on this planet for the first time in 16,000 years is stronger than the darkness. That means the laws <laughs> have reversed themselves. That means that when the dark force, when the darkness was still stronger, anything they did was, would stick. Now the exact opposite is happening. They try their shenanigans, and guess what happens? It comes back right at them and slaps them right square in the face, right square between the eyes. They're not able to get away with this anymore. And yeah, I go into that in great detail too, but that's not what this book is about. It's only to supply the, the necessary answer to why we have been so retarded for so long <laughs> yeah, and how okay. finally, finally, we're being given the opportunity to move through that. Hooray. Yes, here we are. <laughs> well, you know, when go. I look around, there are a lot of people, and again, it's my personal opinion, that are still pretty much living in the dark and hate. You're and right. You're absolutely and, right. Yeah. I'm not contesting <laughs> that. Well, that's a bit of a worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing is as it appears. Word. Nothing is as it appears. There's more light than darkness on the planet. And to give the very quick, short answer, it's all turning out exactly, and I do mean exactly as it should. There's no accidents in the comic scheme of things. Every single thing that has happened in our past, both individually and collective, happened for a reason. It happened for a purpose. That includes everything that happened in your life, in my life, everything that at the moment seemed like the worst thing that ever happened to you. You have the opportunity and the ability within you to transform it into the best thing that ever happened to you so that you can use it as an opportunity, so you can move through it, learn the lesson, transmute the energy, and discover the higher centers that live within you. That's the opportunity. That's the cosmic wave. That's the super galactic wave and of dramatically increased vibrational energy that's, that's coming in and impacting every single one of us. And so my book is just a little bit of a wake-up call, hopefully a big bit of a wake-up call. I want to reach as many people as I can because I want to bring as many friends along as I can on the ticket on the ride into the fourth dimension. We've had enough. Make it 158. <laughs> no, 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 no. The opportunity is to bring everybody along. And that's mm -hmm. that's certainly what I'm shooting for. 
a, a transformation. Everybody that, seems to be waking up differently. Is there a best way? Uh, your way is the best way for you. My way is the best way for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are we getting any help individually from out there? Uh, yeah, if you ask for it, if you're able to tune mm-hmm. in. Uh, but uh, if you're talking about ETs and angelic forces and whatever, uh, they're, uh, they're bound by certain cosmic laws. They can only act with permission. And so we have to have, we have to, your entrance requirement is your willingness. So you can, you can say, hell no, I ain't going, and keep yourself stuck down here in third density for as long as you want to be. You can be stuck in revenge, and I'll get even with you uh, for, for who knows, thousands, millions, billions of more lifetimes. The universe is infinitely patient. It's waiting for you for however long it takes. On the other hand, <laughs> you can wake up right here and right now, and you can catch the wave. Which would you prefer? Well, I don't want to be left on the next planet of the the dumb people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you come know, on that's along. the thing. It just come seems like along. so many people seem lost. You know, even with their willingness, everybody seems to be wandering lost. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not my imagination. <laughs> Well, you do you do seem to be focusing on 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 how and what keeps people stuck. Uh, just maybe a little more than's necessary. Uh, I like well, you know uh, why I see it every day. You know, I work with people every day, and I see it every day. And the fear is really palpable. It, it's just you know, especially in this, we're more frightened people now, I'd say, than we were fifty years ago. You well, know, I see it. This, I see it too, and that's and that's and that's yeah. what I do in my in my one-on-one work, and the transformation is real. I can tell you mm-hmm. with absolute certainty that what I do in my one-on-one work is show people how to first discover and then to master their innate ability to take their fears, their limiting belief systems, and all the rest of that stuck energy and to transmute it into life-enhancing energy so they can move ahead and discover the inner peace that resides within them, has always been always been within them, that's only available in the present moment, and to quite completely transform their lives. It's absolutely possible. And you possible. think we it's, can make it to a critical mass? Oh, there's no question we're, we're, we're approaching critical mass. And I have no question that we're going to create critical mass. And I devoted mm-hmm. a whole chapter to that. It's the final chapter in the book, which I thought was a and pretty good place to, to put final it. Chapter. You know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, have to go we're... back. I read a good bit of it, but not the final chapter. But ah. um, oh, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, well, you missed, Sorry about you missed, that. But it, you missed yeah. the best chapter. I know. I actually didn't expect the book to be so so dense and so um, full of information, to be honest, you know, yeah. that I, I had to go back on a few things. One of the things is um, you say at the at the um, in an Antarctica that underneath that we actually have some of the. Um, some of the negative ETs. Um, still there, still working there. 
yeah, the Draco reptilians have a base there. Uh, the Nazis mm -hmm. still have a base there, uh, but they're not. Uh, there's also some some benevolent ETs there also. There's a race of being fourth dimensional known as the Anshars, and uh, mm -hmm. and also uh, going back to the ancient builder race, they came here way back in the day and uh, went to Antarctica which at the time was not covered by two miles of ice. And so they built a pyramid there that is at least twice the size of the, of the pyramid at Giza. And it's still there, by the way. They also built a city, all of which is still there, and it's all underground right now. And then they ventured out into, uh, as I suggested earlier, into the solar system and beyond into the 52 uh, uh, local star cluster system. So there's a lot going on in Antarctica, and it's not just uh, and, and it's not just Drake or reptilians. On the Earth upheaval, which we're seeing, it seems like everywhere. Um, the Earth is just, you know, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the earthquakes, the, you know, um, volcanoes spewing, you know, all the changes in, in Antarctica melting. So all of this is going to come to light then. Well, let's let's just dive into that for a minute. Uh, you're talking about earth changes. And so mm -hmm. earth changes where you get the volcanoes and the uh, pole shifts and the uh, continents sinking up and going down and, 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 and whatever, all of that is a function of our collective unconsciousness. That's the outward expression of each of us on an individual living with all this stuck energy stored in our body that is, that is symbolic and representative of all the judgments that you and I have made as a result of living in our reactive judgmental mind, which is polarized in a, always in a continual, continual state of judgment. And so... What I mean is that the reactive mind looks out of the reality, and if it sees a person or a situation that does not conform to its idealized standard of how it should be, it makes the person or the situation wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the polarized nature of the mind. And so then uh, what we do is uh, that creates a whole bunch of stuck energy in our body you stop and think of all the times you've judged or made something wrong uh it's a whole lot of times that means right. we got a whole lot of stuck energy stuffed in our body that is keeping us from the direct experience of who we truly are and that's what the transmutation of the energy is all about and so uh uh and that's the willingness is the most important part well if you don't the have willingness that to change that yeah, if you don't have that, nothing's going to happen. That's your entrance requirement. Right. Right. And the willingness, the intention to move into the light has to be 100%. Because your reactive mind is playing at 100%. It's all it knows. It's pure survival. So you have mm -hmm. to be willing to match that and to be willing to, you know, see it and feel it, taste it and jump up and down with joy and uh, 100 times more, uh, wow, more harmonious in every possible way. Yeah, give me some of that. I've had enough of third dimensional judgment and poison oak. And, uh, it's, and it certainly seems to be coming to the surface now. For well, sure. that's what I say. That's the displacement yeah. process that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? We've come to the end of our time. I hate to say it in, in this show anyway, <laughs> not in the greater time in this show. Um, and I want everybody to know where to get hold of you and what you have coming up and where to get your book, your books, yeah. not only the one, but all of your books. 
Well, the answer to that question is the easiest place is just to go to Amazon. Uh, mm -hmm. Catching the Ascension Wave has a publication date of June 27th, but you can go there right now and uh, you can pre-order it. It will be delivered on June 27th. And not only can you pre-order it right now, but you can, you know, uh, Amazon has the take a look inside. You can do that and you can read the entire introduction and get a get a good head start on chapter one. I know I've been yes. there. I've done that. And I liked what I read. <laughs> yeah. and I think you will too. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so that's, that's how you good. get not only, not only catching the Ascension wave, but all my other books also. Uh, and you can get them at Barnes and Noble and uh, other mm -hmm. places. Uh, they're not, you know, they're available around. Uh, how do you get in touch if with somebody me? Somebody wants to, yeah, to study with you. Yeah, well, okay, if they want if they want to know more about me, just go to my website, bobfrizzell.com, and uh, you can find out how to contact me there. You can also find out that you can sign up for a free 30-minute consultation. Thanks so much, Bob, for being on. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.